0: Hello. It's great that you can be joining us for Midweek Devotions. My name is Costa, and now we're going to be looking at what the Bible says and be doing that together. In our second season of our podcast, we've been looking at Names of God. This episode is actually the last of this series. Hopefully you've enjoyed looking at the Names of God during this time. Well, the name of God that we're looking at today is Yahweh Tzavot, Yes, that was a slice of Hebrew, and the reason why we start with the Hebrew is because the name of God we're looking at today can be translated a number of ways. And so, before we begin looking at that name in some detail, this episode has two readings, both of which are from Samuel. So if you've got a Bible, turn to 1 Samuel 1 from verse 9, or you can simply follow along. 1 Samuel 1 from verse 9, and it says... In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. The second reading is from 1 Samuel 17 from verse 45. 1 Samuel 17 from verse 45. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. Well, let's pray as we begin to look at this name of God today. Let's pray. Our dear God, thanks that we've been able to look at your name during this season. Your name reveals who you are and what you like, and also how those names come together in your son Jesus. Well, today, teach us what Yahweh Tzavoth means as we follow him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Over the years, the church has sung many songs known as battle hymns. Hymns such as Onward Christian Soldiers and Mighty Fortress is Our God. Uh, These hymns reflect either a spiritual or real-world physical battle. These hymns are a call to arms for all believers. These hymns depict that no matter what happens uh, in this world, personally or globally, God is sovereign. And these hymns are actually full of hope because one day God will end all wars. One day there will be no more battles but peace. And so as the hymn, God is our strength and refuge, says, "'Come, see the works of our Maker, learn of his deeds all-powerful. "'Wars will cease across the world when he shatters the spear.'" Be still and know your Creator. Uplift Him in the nations. God, the Lord of hosts, is with us evermore. And so these battle uh, hymns—they call the believer to see that God is at work. That God is all powerful and sovereign and Almighty. That one day God will end all wars. God will shatter the spear. Well, before that great day, be still. uh, Know your Creator. And know that through it all, God is with his people. God is on their side evermore. And in the Bible, the name of God which captures all this that is in these battle hymns is Yahweh Tzavot. But what does Yahweh Tzavot actually mean? Who exactly is Yahweh Tzavot? Well, again, we start with the Hebrew because it can be translated a number of ways. And so Yahweh, well, that's God's name revealed to his covenant people. The God of the universe, the creator, personally revealed his name to his people. And it is translated as Lord in all caps. Tzavot, however, well, that can be translated a number of ways. Uh, in some English Bibles, it is translated as hosts. In others, it is almighty. And that's why Yahweh Tzavot is translated as either Lord of hosts or Lord Almighty. And you might be asking, well, which one is it? Well, it's not so much about picking one over the other. Rather, what's more important is seeing what Yahweh Tzavot means, who Yahweh Tzavot is. And to do so, we need to understand what the word Tzavot means and build from there. Now, generally speaking, Tzavot refers to a vast multitude, a very large group, a crowd, a great number – and so we say things like a host of options or uh, an army of ants. Well, in the same way, tzavot refers to a great number or a great variety. And that's why the first time that word appears in the Bible is in Genesis, referring to the variety and vastness that is in creation. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 says... The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, that is, in all their variety, in all their host, in all their tzavot. And so Yahweh the Lord is Creator, Lord over all that is in the heavens and the earth. And that's why in some Bibles, They translate Yahweh Tzavoth as Lord of hosts. So Lord is Lord over all that is in heaven, you know, the heavenly hosts. They see that the Lord is Lord over all the peoples on earth. Therefore, they translate Yahweh Tzavoth as Lord of hosts, Lord over all that is in heaven and on earth. So just like a CEO is over the people in their company or a general is over their soldiers or a director over their crew, the Lord is Lord over all, all that is in heaven and on earth. And so that's why Yahweh Tzavoth is often translated Lord of hosts. But also uh, Yahweh Tzavoth is translated Lord Almighty often as well. And the reason why is because, well, those translators they see that because the Lord is sovereign over the heavens and the earth, that's why they run with Lord Almighty. You know, the Lord is bigger than anything in heaven, bigger than anyone that is on earth. The Lord is all-powerful and works all things according to his purpose. And so that's why those Bibles choose to go with the Lord Almighty. Now, again, you might might be asking, okay, well, which one should we run with? Well, again, it's not about putting one over the other. Rather, it's helpful to look at it as two sides of a coin. You know, on one side, hosts emphasizes that which the Lord is Lord over. On the other side, Almighty emphasizes the Lord's power. So, one side highlights the hosts; the other, the authority over those hosts. Put together, we can say and declare: the Lord of hosts is Almighty. You know, looked at together, the Lord of hosts is almighty. That's what this name of God means. That's who Yahweh Tzavoth is. The Lord of hosts is almighty. Now, because Yahweh Tzavoth, uh, the Lord of hosts, the Lord almighty, has all power and authority, well, it's no surprise that the first person in the Bible to use this name of God is someone who has none of these themselves. And that brings us to Hannah. If you know Hannah's story, she's unable to have children. As such, she is taunted by her rival year after year because of this. To make matters worse, uh, how Hannah feels is dismissed by her husband. And just to cap it all off, she is accused of being drunk whilst pouring her heart out to God in prayer by a priest. And so it seems like the whole world is against her. But through it all, Hannah knows that Yahweh Tzavoth is on her side. Through it all, Hannah knows that the Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty, is with her. And so that's why she prays, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me. You know, Hannah cries out to the Lord of hosts to remember me. She trusts in the Lord Almighty who is able to work miracles. In her heart, she knows that the Lord of hosts, Lord Almighty though sovereign over all creation, still has time for her, still knows who she is and what she is going through. And if we follow her story, we'll see what the Lord does accomplish through her. She does give birth to a son. And so we can see uh, what the Lord accomplishes in and through her. And so Hannah does not give up or give in over the years because she knows that her hope is in Yahweh Tzavoth. She knows that the Lord is her strength and refuge. She knows that the Lord is with her evermore. Now, whilst Hannah's struggle was personal, uh, David's is more national. Just as Hannah hoped in the Lord, well, so too does David. And as he faces Goliath, he defiantly declares, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And with that, Goliath is defeated with a single stone. But it's not the size of the rock that matters, rather the power behind it. And again, it is the power and authority of Yahweh Tzavot. And so whether it's providing hope for Hannah or daring in David, Yahweh is Lord, powerful enough to create something in Hannah, powerful to save his people through David. Whether it's a personal struggle or a national battle, we can see that the Lord of hosts is almighty. Yahweh Tzavoth is with his people evermore. But sadly, Uh, Over time and through the ages, uh, the people's faith in the Lord Almighty falls away. They turn from worshipping the Creator to created things, away from the Lord of hosts to the hosts themselves. Well, as a result, the people are carried away into exile. And there, as they sit by the rivers of Babylon, they are defeated. They long to return home and they begin to wonder, uh, is Yahweh Tzavoth, is he still the Lord of hosts or are these earthly hosts bigger? Is Yahweh Tzavoth still almighty? Because we have lost badly. And they wonder if Yahweh Tzavoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord almighty, is still on their side. Well, the prophets undeniably declare that he is. The frequency of this name of God dramatically increases in the prophets. Hundreds of times, the people are called to put their hope in Yahweh Tzavoth, who is sovereign over the nations. And to dramatically demonstrate this, Isaiah declares to his people that yes, they will return home. And it will be because of a foreign king, a surprising saviour who will enable them to return and rebuild. Again, this is another astonishing example of the Lord's sovereignty and authority over the hosts of heaven and earth. And even more so, one day the Lord will send a forever saviour to rescue his people. One day this person will usher in eternal peace. There will be no more battles. And this person will be able to achieve all this, will be able to save because they will be just like Yahweh Tzavoth. This person will be Lord and Almighty. So as Isaiah says in chapter 9 from verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so this forever king will come and will be able to save, will be able to bring peace because they will possess the Lord's power and authority. They will be just like him. This person will be Lord and almighty. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. You know, at that time of the year, we remember what Yahweh Tzavoth has accomplished in Jesus. And so at Christmas, we remember that Jesus was born. And who announced his birth? All angels, a, a, a company, a great company of the heavenly host, announce today in the town of David, a saviour is born. He is Christ the Lord. So the angels recognise Jesus is Lord and saviour. But that's not the only time that angels appear in Jesus' life. Uh, they attend to him in the desert temptation. And at the end of time, Jesus says that he will send out his angels into the earth And so when we look at Jesus, we can see that he is Lord of the heavenly host. Uh, If we look at Jesus' life, we see that he performed mighty wonders by calming the storm, healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, exorcising demons. And so wherever Jesus was, there was new life, new creation. Jesus possessed mastery over creation. And so in Jesus, we can see that he is almighty, And so it seemed that Jesus was the one whom the Lord promised to send uh, and save his people, usher in forever peace. And everything seemed to be going fine until the night he was betrayed. And whilst the angels came to Jesus' aid in the desert, he refused their help when he seemingly needed them the most. When Jesus is arrested, he says to his disciples who have rushed to his defence, Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? That's actually about 70,000 who at a moment's notice who could rescue Jesus, but he refused. And he did so for us. You see, Jesus went to the cross. He died on the cross for us. And there Jesus has defeated sin because like God's people of old, will we too fail. We can't save ourselves, but we trust in Jesus because he is the one who is able to save. And by his death, we are forgiven. The Lord has accomplished this for us. Even more so, because Jesus has been raised, death has been defeated. Death is the greatest enemy. Forget about any army. And by trusting in Christ, we receive new life, eternal life. We are new creations. And so the resurrection shows that the Lord is almighty. Therefore, Jesus' death and resurrection, it's the ultimate example of the Lord's authority and sovereignty. The Lord is in control, sovereign over those hosts who crucified Jesus, sovereign over death able to raise Christ from the grave. And now Jesus sits at God's right hand. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to him. One day, Jesus will defeat all his enemies. He's making them a footstool as we speak. Jesus will shatter the spear. And one day, we will be with him. And so... Just as what the Lord Almighty accomplished in Hannah and in David and foretold in the prophets, the Lord has and will accomplish all this in Christ. In Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and reign, we can see the power and authority of Yahweh Tzavoth. We see in Jesus that He is Lord and Almighty. And therefore, for us today, well, when we see what is going on in the world, remember that Jesus is Lord. When we see chaos in creation, when we see armies on the move, let us know that Jesus is Lord over all who is in heaven and on earth. Jesus is Lord of hosts. Closer to home, uh, at a personal level, well, during our battles and struggles, well, like Hannah, we can know that the Lord is on our side. Like David, we can know that the Lord is bigger than anything we face. And like the prophets, we can know that the Lord is sovereign. And so globally or personally, we can know that Jesus reigns, that Jesus is Lord Almighty. And one day he will lead us home. And so in Revelation 5 from verse 10, it says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and in a loud voice said, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And so one day we will be surrounded by the heavenly host, by some of the very ones who did not rescue Jesus. Yet he was slain so we can be saved. Well, before that great day, we can know that Jesus is Lord, Lord of hosts, Lord Almighty. And until that great day, well, as the battle hymn says, Jesus is our strength and refuge, and he is with us evermore. Well, let's pray about these things. Uh, Dear God, help us to know that Jesus is Lord. That's easy to say. Help us to take it to heart that no matter what we may be facing battle we're fighting help us to know that jesus is sovereign help us to look forward to the hope that we have Uh, one day no more death mourning crying or pain one day no more battles one day we'll be in the new creation and we're going to be surrounded by the heavenly host and we're going to be surrounded by a host of people throughout the ages who have called jesus lord and saviour And so help us to live not only in light of that great day, but in light of who Jesus is. Help us today to know that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is almighty. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us in this episode of Midweek Devotions. I hope you found this second season encouraging as we've looked at the names of God. And I hope that you've been encouraged knowing that Jesus is Lord and Almighty. Thanks.